Revelation chapter number 14 tonight. Revelation chapter number 14 tonight. That's where we'll find our text. If you want to be with me, that's where we'll be. Revelation chapter number 14. I know I mentioned not long ago starting a new series, and uh, but we're going to continue. I'd like to get a little farther with this one. We're getting some real serious squeal up here. Um, I'd like to get a little farther with this one before we ever um, get any, um, before we um, ever get, uh, start something new, because um, it's, it's hard to take on that much. Um, we got a lot of reverb, not enough power, that's what we got too much of right now, and so Revelation chapter number 14, and that sounds a whole lot clearer, now you can give me some power on the lower end. And we'll be in good shape. Revelation chapter number 14. If you got your Bibles and got your place, let's stand reverence the word of God here tonight. And we'll go directly from there. Revelation chapter number 14, verse number 1. Everybody say amen if you found your place. I hope you brought your Bibles tonight. I don't know why you'd come to the house of God without a Bible. Somebody say amen there. The Bible says in verse 1, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Sion, and with him a hundred and forty and four thousand, having his father's names written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. They sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and elders. And no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. These are they which were not defiled with women for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the firstfruits unto God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. You may be seated tonight. Thank you for standing, dear God in heaven. We need your help. I pray, dear God, that you would help me, Lord, as I preach the word of God tonight. Lord, help me, Lord, help your people. And pray every word that comes out of this mouth, Lord would bring glory and honor to you and you alone, Lord. This book is all about you, Lord. I'm excited to preach this, Lord. I'm so thankful for the privilege to open up the Word of God once again and do this and preach behind this pulpit. I'm thankful. We love you in Jesus' name. Help us. Amen. As we've been moving through this wonderful book, we've seen many different things as we've come throughout it. Um, We are more than well over halfway there, um, and the chapters get a little longer as we go, um, but we have seen so many different things thus far, and I don't know if you believe it or not, but this is the 30th message through the book of the Revelation. 30 messages in 14 chapters, and the Lord broke it up in His Bible. That's how we've preached it, is section by section practically. And um, along the way, we've seen many different characters, we've seen many different attitudes, We've seen many different um, things, but it stands out uh, as a fact to me that this book is still all about the Lord. Um, it is all about Him, and we, we learned that in the first chapter as I preached on that. But from chapter 13, when the chapter we just finished, unto chapter number 14, here in which we're at this evening, um, we saw in chapter 13, we see a big contrast, we see a big difference here. Because in chapter 13 we see rebellion that was upon the earth. But here in chapter 14 we're seeing rejoices. And that's not on the earth, but it's in heaven. I believe it's in heaven, heavenly scene. And the scenery changes just a little bit. But what a change that, that is. Because it's a big deal. Um, but we must keep in mind what I've stated before. Coming from an unknown author. 
where he said that in chapter 6 through chapter number 11, we see the revelation through a telescope. But in chapter number 12 through chapter number 19, we see it through a microscope. It's a big something to keep in mind as we're traveling through the book of Revelation. And also another thing we must keep in mind is that this book, um, however God-inspired, it's not in chronological order. And we do understand that. And we understand, I believe there is sections to this book, and I believe God has them exactly how He wants them to be. But the 144,000 we see here in this chapter is the same 144,000 we got first sight of in chapter number 7. And Jewish preachers that are set apart and they're sent out to preach the gospel to those which are in the tribulation. We know that's what they're here for. And there's 12,000 12, uh, out of each 12 tribes. And that equals to 144,000. And that's what we have here. And we're seeing them differently than we saw them the first time. We're seeing them sent out the first time. We're seeing them set up in heaven in this time. Or uh, however you want to say it along those lines. But many saints should be killed according to Revelation chapter number 13. In verse number 15, where the Bible says, And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, and the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So it tells us very clearly there that at some point in time, some, every Christian is going to be killed. I ain't going to say every Christian, but I'm going to say most Christians, a lot of Christians, will be killed during the tribulation time by the Antichrist and his devils, uh, if you will. And so, so, so we know that's true because the Bible says that it's true. And I can be wrong all day long, but the Bible's never going to be wrong. Uh, and so I believe it is a safe statement to say that these 144,000 have been killed in this time. I can't say that by chronology, but I, or chronologically, but I can say that I believe um, that they have been killed because we're still in the tribulation time. And so they've been killed during some time, and I personally, I'm not one of those guys who believe that we're not in heaven right now. Some people believe that they're not in heaven, but rather this would be the latter part of the tribulation, and we'll get in that, and rather not the latter part, but rather the millennium reign because of this one word that's mentioned in this chapter, which is the word Sion. And so we know that to be an ancient word or an ancient name or an old name for Jerusalem. But I don't believe that's what's taking place here because chapter five, I mean chapter 14 and verse 5 tells us that they are before the throne of God. And I don't think you can get any more clear of where they're standing at. Amen, somebody? Amen. Uh, I believe they're standing before the, the throne of God. And, and we know that the throne of God is where? In heaven. Where would we find that? We would find that according to chapter number 4, where there are before the throne of God. As John was raptured up, or rather the church is raptured out in that time, and they're before the throne of God. And so we understand that, and so that's my standing on this. And other preachers can have their standing, and I'll not be mad at them. Amen? But I'll tell you is that I believe it's a safe statement to say that these have been killed, and the Lord has allowed them to be killed during this time. And so here they are. They're standing in, pre in the presence of the one who they gave their life for. Right. Amen. Amen. And what a glorious picture that that is. But I want to look into these verses tonight. And I believe everything just went perfectly 
here this evening from the song uh, in which I didn't ask her to sing to the songs that we sang, the hymn songs. Everything went just perfectly to bring this thought to mind. We're going to preach on the storm has passed, home at last. The storm has passed, home at last. Am I saying that the tribulation is over? No, I am not saying that. But for these 144,000, the storm is over. Amen. And so I'd like you to see a few things concerning them in heaven tonight. Notice with me number one tonight. I want you to notice they are standing in front of the Lamb. Verse number one, the Bible says, And I looked, and lo, a Lamb stood on the Mount Sinai, and with him 144,000, having his Father's name, written in their forehead. Uh, now this point this point says a lot, to be honest with you, because um, could you imagine the thrill of this? I mean, really, you think about it for a minute, and you might get in the spirit for a minute. Uh, um, think about it, that, that the thrill that would have to be the fact uh, you're standing in front of the one who died for you, uh, and you're standing in front of the one who lives for you, uh, and standing in front of the one uh, who you gave your life for. I can only imagine the thrill of this moment. They're standing in front of the Lamb of God. Uh, and John seeth, as you look at down the road, John seeth uh, Jesus coming and he said, Behold, uh, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Uh, and so this is the Lamb of God that they're standing in front of. And I believe that says a lot about them. Uh, and notice what I see about their standing here. Number one, I see uh, that their standing implies that they have been cared for. Uh, and now, uh, um, think with me for just a moment, if we were to take the time and look back in chapter number 7 in verse number 3 and verse number 4, the Bible says uh, saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea, neither the trees till we have sealed uh, the servants of our God in their foreheads Uh, and I heard the number of them which were sealed and there were sealed 140 and 4,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel and so here they are and there's 12,000 out of each tribe of the sons of Jacob uh, and they're here and they're sealed uh, and we see a few things you know what that tells me in that verse Uh, um, these Jewish preachers uh, um, were sealed by God and they were cared for by God God in that time. Amen. Thank God. Through, 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 through however long they were there, they were cared for. It didn't matter how long. It means they had enough food to eat until they died. It means they had enough money in their pockets to get through until they died. Uh, and you say, well, this, is, this, this just doesn't seem right. You wouldn't need money. Y'all, you need money. It's the world we're living in today that this is going to take place in. Uh, I mean, they were cared for while they were in the tribulation. Uh, um, they saw darkness. They saw depravity. They saw devils. Uh, and they saw death. Uh, yet they uh, have been cared for by the Lamb. Uh, um, they uh, have been hunted. Uh, um, they have been harassed. Uh, and yet they have not experienced no harm that the Bible tells us of. Uh, and they seemingly go untouched to this point. Uh, and I mean, I don't know what you think, but these men were not hiding uh, um, from all of those devilish creatures. Uh, um, no, they were proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, and I'm telling you, friend, don't you worry for a moment, child of God, uh, because you have been sealed into the day uh, of redemption when 
redemption. Well, redemption uh, is when Christ calls us out. Remember, uh, He's going to redeem us to God. Uh, And so when He calls us out, we're sealed uh, until that day. Uh, And I believe if the Lord took care of them, He can take care of us too. Amen. Their standing implies that they have been cared for. I've seen something else. Their standing implies that they have been counted for. Now think with me for just a moment. Could we now, now if we were to look back, (coughs) excuse me, if we were to look back in chapter number 7, how many, you answer me, how many witnesses were sealed there? (coughs) In verse number 4, how many witnesses, excuse me, how many preachers were sealed in in chapter 7? How many? How many witnesses are sealed in heaven? They were counted for. Everybody with me? I mean, are we going to worship the Lord tonight? Everybody with me tonight? I mean, I mean, think about that. How many are sealed here? Exactly 144,000 are sealed here. Uh, the Lord did not lose a single one of them in all the havoc that was going on. The Lord did not do that. All along the way, the Lord did not do it. And the fact is, my friends, uh, if you have been sealed, no one, and I repeat, no one uh, um, can break that seal. And thank God, He knows how to count, amen. Uh, and there'll never be an empty seat at the table of the Lord. Thank God, thank God that, he, they, that it implies that they're standing there in front of the Lamb and it implies to me that they are counted for. Amen. They have been counted for, thank God. I want you to notice thirdly, their standing implies not only that they've been counted for and cared for, but their standing implies that they've been called for. Now, the text is clear, they're not on earth anymore. And many commentators believe that since the Lamb is on Mount Sinai, that that means they're on earth, the millennium. Well, I understand it's a name for Jerusalem. I understand that. 2 Samuel chapter 5, and at least 20 times in the Bible, it tells us that Mount Sinai is Jerusalem. Everybody with me so far? <clears throat> so that, that, that's just what the Bible says. Uh, however, I do not believe that simply because they are said to be before the throne of God. I believe that's simple, don't you? I believe it's simple. And I think they've served their time here on this earth. Uh, and they've been called out to heaven. They've not been raptured, uh, but they have died. Uh, and praise the Lord and the Lamb forever, friend, tonight. There's a better day coming for the child of God. Anybody else excited about heaven tonight? I mean, I mean, they, they, the, the, the storm is past and they're home at last. Uh, uh, no more hardships. Uh, no more hunting. Uh, no more harassment. Uh, none of those things that happen to these anymore because they are home. Thank God they're home. Their standing implies that they've been called for. So we see they're standing in front of the Lamb. Secondly, I want you to notice tonight they're singing in front of the Lamb. The Bible says in verse 2, And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and the voice of great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. They sung as it were a new song before the throne. And before the four beasts and the elders, no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. Now they're expressing their joy. They're expressing their rest. And they have a reason to sing hallelujah to the Lamb. And I tell you something, friend. If you don't have one, you better get one. Amen. If you don't have a reason to sing, you better get a reason to sing. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lamb. That was slain for the sins of all men. 
Amen. Thank God. They're singing a new song. Right? They're singing in a new home. Verse number two, the Bible says, I heard from, from heaven as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder, and heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. They're singing in a new home. These men have been rent, uh, they've been, they've been, they've been saved. They've been brought out uh, um, from all the craziness and the tribulation. Uh, um, they have uh, seen death. They've seen destruction. Uh, and they've seen so many things on such a huge level. Uh, and they've watched the world turn their very back on the God who loved them. They've seen people fall at the feet of the Antichrist. They've seen people worship the false, false prophet. They've seen all those things, but here they're home. Now that matters anymore. Hey Amen. For I'm telling you, I'm ready to go home. Miss Mildred tells me every time I'm ready to go home. The nursing home. But she'll shout until she gets there. I can guarantee that. Shame on the one that won't. Hey Amen. Heaven's filled with joy. Heaven's filled with the singing. Heaven's filled. I'd hate to not know how to do it here. Amen, friend. The presence of the Lamb is glorious. And and what a difference. What a difference between what's going on in this world and what's going on there. Uh, This world is filled with tears and torment uh, and sorrow uh, and pain and all this stuff. But not over there. Not over there. Thank God it's not going to happen over there. And this world is falling into hell. Uh, as some preachers would say, it's going to hell in a handbasket. It sure enough is. And this world's leaving. and they're re- but, but in heaven, but in heaven, they're rejoicing right now. We might be a Mountain Valley Baptist church and we might not be rejoicing as we should be tonight. We, not, we might not rejoice uh, Sunday like we ought to be. We not, might not rejoice Sunday night as we ought to be. But guess what? In heaven... They're going to be rejoicing. There will be no change in heaven. It's going to be all rejoicing there. And we can let the weak drag us down and the days compel us about. But in heaven that will not change. Every day, every single day you'll wake up and you'll be or wake up. You'll be shouting. You'll be singing. You'll be glorifying the God of heaven. And thank God we ought to do it now. Amen. Thank God when we leave here, friend, and fly away to the heavens uh, and get to that celestial shore and be with the one who died on Calvary for us. Uh, friend, I'm telling you, we can shout about it now. Last night I preached on Calvary down there and man, we had a time. And I'm just telling you something. In spite of my sins, he loved me. In spite of me, he loved me. <laughs> when we get there, we're headed to a city. Thank God they're singing in a new home. One day we'll have a new home. Secondly, they're singing a new song. Verse 3, the Bible says, They sung as it were a new song before the throne. A new song before the throne. Before the beast. Before the elders. And no man could learn that song. But the forty and four, forty, the 440 and 4,000. Only they... The hundred and forty and four thousand, only they could sing this song. 
Only they could sing the song. The 144,000, they, they're, they're, just, they're just so excited and they're in this place in the presence of God uh, and the presence of the Lamb. And they just burst out into song and they sing something that's only their song. Only they can know this song. Uh, and it's a new song. And it's one that they're qualified to sing about. Yes, amen. Amen. I'm thankful for that. Amen. I'm thankful for that. Amen. No, no, no one understands their song. The Bible says very clearly, it says, and no man could learn that song. It means nobody could understand it. Nobody could get to it. They, 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 they knew the song, though. And thank God for him. When the, you know, the, when the Lord saved me, he gave me a new song. If you're saved in here, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He gave me a new song. Amazing Grace felt different. Amen. It felt different than it did before. I think it was D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody said that when he got saved and he walked outside, he said the birds chirped a little louder. He said the sky looked a little bluer. Everything changed when the Lord came. Amazing grace was different for me when I got saved and I knew that it was amazing grace for me. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath the flood lose all their guilty stains. That felt different to me when I had been covered by the blood. All you washed in the blood came out in a different tone because I could say yes. Amen. You with me tonight? Amen. Unclouded day. I could look forward to a day when there was no clouds in the sky and everything would be perfect. I mean, I'm thankful for songs that, that, that exalt the Lord but express His love to me. Uh, and when I see the blood, I'll pass, I'll pass over you. Uh, meant something different to me uh, because, because of the blood. Uh, and the devil passes by me every day. Uh, and thank God and the Lamb forevermore that that's what God did for me. It felt different. Friend, you know why? Because one day when I get there, everything's going to be different there. Everything's going to be different. One day the fate's going to be sight. means what we're singing about is going to be in front of us. Who we're singing about is going to be in front of us. Think about that for a minute. Amen. Imagine the song then. Well, they sang a new song in a new home. Amen. They're standing in front of the Lamb. They're singing. Thirdly and lastly, I want you to notice they're set apart. In front of the Lamb. Verse 4, these are they which were not defiled with women. We'll go through this. There's these 144,000 preachers. And they're the greatest men that God, they're the greatest men about this world at this time. Think about it. They're, here they are. And these two, these few verses here describe to us these men. Character, the realness. Everything about these men are described in these two verses. These men are dedicated to the Lord in their work. It's amazing to me. I want you to notice number one. There's a word here. I'm going to bring a few words to your attention. There's a word about their flawless position. The Bible says that these were not; these are they which were not defiled by women. 
or with women. We're told that these men have they've kept their physical purity. Is that right? Yeah. Is that what they're talking about, right? They've not fallen to the flesh. They've not fallen to any of those ways. They've not come down to a place where they committed spiritual fornication to the Lord. They've not done any of those things. And the, the world will find out in the latter parts that there'll be a great whore, as the Bible says. That there'll be a great whore that comes out in Revelation 17. And the world will be deceived. And they'll go into a apostate age. And they'll deal with all that. But, but I tell you is that here's the facts. God expects the same from His children. It's the truth, ain't it? Amen, friend. I know we've had, we've had mistakes. We've done things that we ain't going to let our children do. I understand all that. But God has a command for us to be separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. I'm of the belief that a man ought not touch a woman before he gets born, before he gets up, before he gets married. Now you say, well, we see that sometimes in church. We see that here, and yet it ain't right. Somebody say Amen. That's what the Bible says, church. That's what the Bible says. <coughs> the Bi- I'm not saying this because I was perfect. I'm saying this because the Bible says it. In First Cor- or Second Corinthians chapter number seven and verse one, the Bible says a man not ought to touch a woman. Not to touch a woman. Amen or not? Thank God. Garments are spotted by the flesh, according to the book of Jude. We ought to stay away from that. We ought to teach our kids something that we didn't know. We ought to teach our kids something along those lines. Amen. Thank God. There's a, there's a word of these men, and their word is a flawless per, per, position. They had a flawless position. Second thing I want you to notice about these men, the second part of verse 4, for they are virgins. Yes, I should have read that before, sorry. But these are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. It says a lot about them, amen? It says a lot about them. It's got a word of their flawless position, but a word of their faithful position. Now, these 144,000 preachers, they went wherever the Lord led them. Wherever he led them. You say if the Lord led them right in the midst of the battle, do you think they went? Well, the Bible says they did. They did not turn back. They did not care. They did not have fear. They did not have, I believe they probably did, but they didn't show it according to Scripture. They did not turn away from the task that God had set at hand of them. Um, they didn't care how dangerous or how costly it might be to them. But they went on for the glory of God. Uh, and they stayed the course. They finished uh, with faith. They did all those things. And they followed the Lamb uh, to be uh, um, where He leads me, I will follow. Uh, um, where He leads me, I will follow. Uh, and these men walked in the ways that God wanted them to go and they made their way. They stayed the course for the will of God and the glory of God. And I'm telling you this is something that God expects from us. He saved us for what? God, I'll say it since I've said it for three and a half years and I'll say it again. God has never saved a soul to sit on a pew. Amen. 
God's never saved a soul to sit on a pew. It's the truth, friend. I mean, sometimes we don't see things the way he wants us to see things. Some things, sometimes, a lot of times we don't do things the way he wants us to do things. But don't change his will. Don't change his way. Amen. The Lord wants us to follow him wherever he goes. Mary said unto the disciples, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Amen. He's looking for faithful servants. That's what he's looking for. Do what you can while you can so you don't wish you would have while you could have. That's what Brother Stenner Belief said. I believe he proved that to be true. Be faithful. Be faithful. They were had, they had a faithful position when they stood at the Lamb. He says when you get there to heaven or when you're at the judgment seat of Christ, he'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Be faithful. Be faithful. I have something to say about people who are not faithful. I'm not going to say it, but I have something to say about it. And I'm telling you the truth is, is it's a sad day in America when more people can be faithful to everything else than the house of God. Amen. It's the truth. The word of their faithful position, when they stood before the Lamb and were presented before the throne of God, they were faithful. Thirdly, I want you to notice a word of their first fruit position. Now the Bible says very clearly that these were redeemed from among men, being the firstfruits unto God and to the Lamb. Now these men were chosen, they were saved, they were sealed. I personally believe at the commencement of tribulation, right at the beginning of the tribulation, they were they were there and they were they were sealed and saved and you know called out to serve in, in that time. They preach the gospel. We believe that, right? Say amen if you do. And so, as we look at grain, okay, we understand that's the only term that we can use when it comes to first fruits, okay? And so when you look at grain, they, they call them sheaves. Is that right? They call them sheaves. Is somebody right with me? Anybody know that? They call it sheaves. They call it wheat and tear and all that. Yeah, and, and they have the sheaves, okay, is what they call it. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 126, verse 5 and 6, the sheaves come on. Um, and, and so, nonetheless, so here we are. The sheaves were take of grain were taken into the temple as a wave offering, according to the book of Leviticus. They were taken in a wave offering, and they were there. And what it was is it was a symbol of the harvest that was to follow. Okay, it was a symbol. Okay, everybody with me right here, right? So it was a symbol of the harvest. These men are showing us something. Now, now they they were first, sure. 100%. They were the first ones. They were the guarantee that there's more to follow. Now, there's some that's dying, is that right? There's more to follow. And by the way, this is not the rapture. This is where people take their stand of the pre-wrath pre rapture. Got some great friends that take their stand there. I love them to death, but I believe they're wrong. With compassion in my voice, I believe they're wrong. 
I cannot imagine how hard it's going to be for these men. I can't imagine. I, I just cannot imagine how hard it's going to be. But it's a comfort to know that God is going to use them to reap a much bigger harvest. Amen. Thank God. Only heaven will know the impact of their ministry. It's the truth. And there's fixing to come a bunch of them in chapter 9 through chapter number 17. Third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image, receive a mark in the forehead or in his hand. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without, a, without mixture into the cup of indignation. He shall be tormented. And the smoke of their tormented ascended up for day and night. So I'll go down. Here's the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, unto me, right blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth that yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and they work do follow them. And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one set like unto the Son of Man, having on his head, that is directly stating that he is like unto the Son of Man. What does that mean, church? I've said it. Son of Man. Most times it's directive towards Jews. Son of man, having on his head a golden crown, in his hand a sharp sickle. Didn't we just deal with that the other day? And another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to say, Thrust in that set on the cloud, thrust in that sickle and reap. For the time is come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. We'll get into that later. But I can't imagine, and only heaven knows, how much they're going to get go through. But man, imagine the reaping that's going to come out of their ministry. Amen. And, and, but the same is true for us. We'll not know until we arrive home how much the Lord has helped us and used us in our lives. I think one of the biggest blessings I've ever received in my life, I've seen many people saved. The Lord has saved many under the ministry here and under the ministry at other places. As the Lord has allowed us to do that. And we thank the God of heaven for that. It's all glory to Him. Y'all know that. But one of the biggest blessings I think I've ever received is when an when a, when a, when a older black woman looks at me with tears in her eyes and says, You are a blessing to me. And I'm telling you right now, that means something to me. When she can't get out of bed, but you pray, and then she comes into service a few minutes late. That means something to me. That means something so much to me. She told me last week, she said, I believe God originally designed for you to be in my life. Because I think I'd have been dead without you. I said, I don't believe that to be true exactly, Miss Mildred. I said, but I'll tell you this. God put you in my life to be a blessing, and you have been nothing but that to me. It's amazing. She said, nobody ever sees me. Nobody ever comes to my room. Nobody ever does any of that. She said, but you do. Such a blessing to me, church. 
I ain't saying I'm going to get any fruits from that, but man, I'm sure she'll get some fruits of been some blessing to me, that's for sure. Amen. I hope her rewards are huge in heaven. Her crowns are real tall. Amen. But I'm thankful that one of these days in heaven we'll know the reaping of the harvest from the ministry that God has sown us to be. Hey, listen, God's called every man to tell the gospel. God's called every man to, to tell of his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. God's told all of us to do that, right? How will yours be? Listen, a preacher may count up all the people that's gotten saved under his ministry. A preacher may do all those things. But what about yours? As a layperson, what about yours? It matters to the master just as much. Amen? We see a word about the first fruits there. We'll get into that a little bit later, of course, in Scripture. And then lastly, there's a word in verse 5 of their faultless position. And in their mouth was found no guile. The only other person in Scripture that says their mouth was found no guile was Christ. It says that somewhere along the lines in 1 Peter. I think it's 2.22. Where it says that there was no guile, no guile found in him. And, but, but it's amazing to me. These men stand in the presence of the God of heaven. The God who's perfect. The God who's just. The God who's perfect in his wrath and perfect in his righteousness, right? That God. They're standing in front of him. Amen. The Bible says that there was no guile found in them. That, that means deceit, actually. It means that there was no deceit found in them. The word was used to describe something along the lines of a decoy. And um, so, so there was nothing fake about these guys. And so something that, that they, they come in and they, um, they, they were real. They were always the same. Amen. Even at home they were the same. Uh, they acted the same. Their attitudes were the same. Everything was the same about them. There was no guile found in them. There was no decoy to their life. And these men claimed to be, they, they, they claimed to be it and they were it. Amen. Somebody say amen. And so they weren't fakes. They were real. Amen. The word fault here means blemish. And uh, they, didn't have, they were flawless. You believe the Bible? Anybody believe the Bible in here? I believe the Bible. And in the presence of God, God says that they are faultless. And I believe there's a word for us. We should live out what we claim to be before God to men. Amen. And we should live lives that are without blemish so that we might stand in front of God one day with confidence. And man, that's a hard day. It's a hard thing to do, but it's going to take God. Amen. It's going to take all Him. And I'm thankful when He sees me, He sees the Son. I'm thankful for that. Him to doeth him, him knoweth a sin and doeth it not. Him to knoweth to do right. I'm trying to get this verse right in the book of James. Lord, help me. There you go. Him that knoweth to do right and doeth it not. To him it's a sin. It means if God convicts you, you better do it. Doesn't matter what. But I believe we're we're faulty at best, wouldn't you say? 
But man, one day, one day, we'll be presented before the Lamb, just as these were. We'll be presented before the God of heaven. And I personally believe that's why the judgment seat of Christ take place when it does. Because when we're presented to God, he'll say, look, Father, they're just like me. They're just like me. Amen. As we sung earlier, this robe of flesh will drop and rise. And seize the everlasting skies. And shout while passing through the air. Farewell, farewell, sweet hour of prayer. I'm thankful for that day. We'll stand perfect without fault in the presence of the blessed Lord of heaven, blessed God of the universe. What a day that's going to be. And for these 144,000, their day came here. And the storm was over. The storm had passed. They were home at last. Thank the Lord for you hearing me tonight. Let's stand to our feet. Dear God in heaven, thanks, Lord, for helping us tonight. Lord, I thank you for, the, for, for these words, Lord, in the scripture, Lord, that we can hold tight to, Lord. According to your word, we don't have to um, be offended by them, Lord, but we can be blessed by them, Lord. Lord, I'm thankful, God. I pray you'd help me live a better life. I pray you'd help me live a better life for you, Lord. God, that when, Lord, uh, you're surely not going to lie to me, Lord. And uh, I ask you, dear God, to please help my life, help the lives of these folks tonight. And Lord, I pray, God, that everything that we say and do in our lives, Lord, would bring honor and glory to you. God, help us live a life, Lord, that longs for heaven. Lord, while we're here, I pray, God, that you'd help us live a life for Christ. Lord, as we're longing for heaven, we can live a crucified life upon this earth. And I pray, dear God, you'd help me with that. I love you. I thank you for this night. I thank you for the house of God here. I pray, God, you'd bless it. You'd help us along the way. We praise you and we bless your name for your goodness, grace, and your mercy. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for the sealing. Lord, thank you for the seat in heaven one day, Lord, that I could sure enough already feel like I'm there sometimes, Lord, when I get in the glory. I thank you for the liberty tonight. I thank you for the Spirit of God, the sweet Spirit of God. And Lord, one day when we're presented before God, for the, for, for the throne, Lord of God, I pray, Lord, that you would just, Lord, help us have something to cast at your feet. Lord, help us one day, Lord. We need you along this way. I pray, God, you'd keep us and care for us, Lord, as you promised you would. And, you know, you won't break your promises. We pray, God, that you'd do that. We pray, God, we know we can count on you, Lord. Thank you for counting us in the number. Because when the roll is called up yonder, thank God I'll be there. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.